Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Steph Romanski. So what we're going to do, um, did you see that, uh, Steph, um, Sarah grabbed that thing about Roar being broadcast tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah. Along with an interview with Neil Marshall? <laughs> so we think we're going to buy it. We think this is going to be our splurge night. We're going to get takeout and watch Roar at 7. Nice. <laughs> the whole family? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that they have, like, Hamilton up on YouTube now. Did you see that? Original cast? No, I didn't. Like, the whole thing? Yeah. Thing? The whole Already? Thing? Yeah. I thought they were going to do Are that you guys want a bootleg? Because that's not supposed to come out until August. Maybe it's a bootleg, but I watched part of it. It was pretty good. It has, so. I have the bootleg okay. myself. Yeah. So I wonder if that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. But I said, no, it was, like, the original cast, and, you know, the video, was, the video looked really good, so. It, it's so, a yeah, heck so of it's, a show. We saw it live in, uh, in Chicago with a different cast and they man they killed it it was a matinee yeah. and everything and it was just like holy shit these guys are good <laughs> yeah. yeah i cried when i saw it yep yep cried it is an emotional show man and the, it, it, the music is just really really good and so i kind of enjoyed it so yeah what are you thinking chad are you uh, uh how long did you watch oh I, I said i just was like curious it's like what is, is this a bootleg or something and it started up, you know, it took a bit to get going. And then it's like, ooh, this looks like the the real deal. And it looks so I sort of like fast forwarded it like in chunks. And it's like, this looks like the whole thing. So it's like, now I just got to carve out, believe it or not, in the middle of a pandemic, I got to carve out a couple hours to watch this. Yeah. So it's like, so that's kind of like three. Out. It's like three hours. Okay. Well, I got to carve out three hours then. Just like, <laughs> Do an intermission and then like read what actually happened. It's like, it's surprisingly yeah. accurate for what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So welcome. I like to the, it. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. Ah, you stepped on my intro. <laughs> welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese, where real life is cult cinema. Cult cinema is frequently real life. I'm Mike. It's Dad. Hi, everybody. Hey. So, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start off with with the human stuff. How's everyone doing? We're at our homes again. If you can't tell by the uh, audio quality. Slightly shaky. Yeah. I don't have a camera. I can't. You guys can't see me, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. No fevers, no coughs, no lethargia. I only have one of those. <laughs> I can't seem to stay awake. That's even my problem. Yeah. Maybe that's just age, you know? Could, yeah, I'm sure it's a combination of both. <laughs> that could be. Oh, man. So, all right. So today we are coming off Easter Sunday, uh, which was last sunday and hopefully we get this out you know whenever but um yeah jesus died for your sins you know don't die to own the libtards that's all i'm yeah. saying <laughs> although you know i told someone someone on facebook excuse me someone on uh -oh. facebook nah i'm all right told someone on facebook the other day that if uh, uh if i promise just to be ashamed of my beliefs for like the rest of my life can we get competent government for like a month you know, <laughs> I'm willing to feel unyielding shame if we can just, you know, have some sort of national response. Yeah, I know. It's like I bailed on Twitter the other day when uh, Bernie officially endorsed Biden because it's like, I'm not listening to these oh, kingmaker yeah. dipshits. Yeah. It's like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> so, so Easter Sunday. They're still going to vote Biden, right? Uh, some of them aren't. Just because, you know, they don't remember I mean, 2000 or 16, you know, and it's like oh, a bunch of dipshits. But yeah, anyway, the uh, so. the argument being he made a gamble that the young people would show up and the young people didn't show up. 
Right. Yeah, that's one of these things. Like, you know, maybe we don't need them because they sure as hell weren't showing up to vote. Yep. So there you go. So, you know, if he could have gotten the numbers, that would have proved his case, and this case wasn't proven. So right. let's get off of politics and talk about Sorry. Easter Sunday. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Holy How shit. How do we get here? I don't know. Comments about this. Uh, so uh, it was Easter. Easter! Yes. Which, of course, nobody uh, went to church, at least I hope not, unless you're uh, watching mm-hmm. those videos of people going to church yeah. with the mega pastors and everything. The Church of Me. Yep. The Bedside Baptist, yeah. And... Uh, so uh, put put us in mind of uh, uh, resurrection and such. You know, I, I watched uh, Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend because uh, oh. NBC rebroadcast that live or the when they did it live, and that was kind of worth watching. But there's no resurrection. Well, the Spice Girls is in there, right? Uh, I didn't see one. Maybe. Nothing like Mel C or something. I think. Yeah, maybe she's in the background. The Mel's. Yeah, no, she's like Mary Magdalene. Was she Mary Magdalene? I am. Forty Spice. I think so. I really, really want to get crucified and die. <laughs> zika, zika. Everything's all right. Everything is groovy. Anyway. But they didn't, they, so. I forgot they didn't have a resurrection. You, you remember that about Jesus Christ Superstar? It's like they don't, uh, um, they don't affirm the divinity of Christ, which I thought was, was an interesting way to go, but it was the 70s and Andrew Lloyd Webber, sure. you know, aside from being sure. very wealthy, also made cats. So, you know, he's highly yeah. suspect. Oh, I, I love the movie <laughs> version of that. The movie yeah. version is amazing. I don't know. I'm more, I of, a, I'm more of a gospel guy. Yeah, no, I just I like the whole flash mob mentality of it. Just everybody gathering in the desert and putting on a show. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and, but uh, uh, yeah. you know, just and it turns it actually. I'm sorry. It makes it actually makes like Judas Iscariot into a unwinning dupe. Yeah, and well, I thought that was I was kind of interesting in that. I okay. Quick aside, we were watching it and and uh, uh, one of the kids asked, "Do you think Judas Iscariot went to hell?" And I said, "Well." Dante envisions uh, Judas Iscariot in the mouth of Satan at the lowest level of hell encased in a giant block of ice, and Satan is just gnawing on him for all eternity. And <laughs> they kind of looked at me like, shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will shut up. <laughs> Maybe that was something you didn't need. So... <laughs> Anyway, puts us in mind of, re- <coughs> excuse me, of resurrection. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of our maybe least favorite resurrections in movies. Those characters that came back where you took one look and go, are you serious? Is that, what? Why is that person coming back? So that's kind of the general idea. And uh, I'm not a soap opera person, but I imagine if any of you are soap opera people, you have better ones than I do. Okay. Oh, I got a good soap opera one, I think. Is it one of your three? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Most of mine come from movies, but yes, that's what we're talking about today. Kind of a film and and cult film resurrections that just made you go, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) See, I tied it in. Uh, All right. (laughs) I'm I'm so very tired. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go around the horn a couple times and just hit up uh, uh, some of our favorite uh, or least favorite resurrections and kind of go from there. Chad, you want to kick us off? Okay, uh, speaking of soap operas, uh, when I was a young lad back in the 1970s, uh, my mom was a huge fan of uh, Days of Our Lives, which was a soap opera. And uh, uh, there was a character on there named Marlena Evans. Okay. Oh, she used all mine. Oh, sorry. And she fell victim. Do you remember the Salem Strangler? God, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So she died. And I remember my mom having a three alarm apocalyptic shit fit over this because (laughs) it was her favorite character. 
But then, I don't know, like a few days later, this is my personal introduction to this trope. No, no, it wasn't her. It was her hereto unknown twin sister. Dun, dun, who was strangled dun. by the Salem Strangler. And Marlena was okay. And I remember, like, as an eight-year-old watching this, and there was, like, a character who says, I didn't even know she had a twin sister. And it's like, at eight, even at eight years old, it's like, you know, that kind of sounds like bullshit. It's like, yeah. so, what does that work? <laughs> That's pretty good. It was her unbeknownst twin sister who just happened to be strangled by the person. Star- oh, that's good. I right. like that. Because nobody knew she had a twin sister, apparently. Solid Even her right. parents. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I am a fan of that concept. That's very good. So how did your mom right. react to that? Right. Or, you know, or like, yeah, or what's the other one, too? It's like where the, the unknown twin was swiped from the hospital and shows up <laughs> later or something. You know, it's, it's that kind of nonsense or whatever, so. But yeah, no, soap operas are weird. Because I remember, like, another thing with Days of Our Lives, like, there was another character, uh, Jack Devereaux, right? And he was, like, a serial rapist. But the guy playing the character was just, like, so endearing in a bad way. He's kind of, like, had this James Spader thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And they they finally revealed him to be, like, no, he's a rapist. But his character was so popular, they basically bent over backwards to kind of retcon that and sort of make him a good guy. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you reconcile with that? It's just crazy. <laughs> the answer so. is short deadlines and overworked writing staff, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, th- I think that's what a lot of these are going to share in common is they just throw something at the wall and expect you to take right. it. You know, it's like, do you remember that, like one of the bits that stands out in Misery, uh, that Stephen King adaptation that they did with mm-hmm. the, the whole bit where, he uh, the writer in the story killed uh, the psycho lady's favorite character, and then as the psycho lady kidnaps the writer, says bring her back, brings her back, but changes, it, but doesn't write a good enough resurrection. She's like, "That's crap! I don't believe that." You know. <laughs> or uh, is anybody going to bring up soap dish? I wasn't planning the movie. on it. You were? No, I wasn't. Okay, so Steph, you got soap dish because I say you remember that with Kevin Klein. He doesn't have a head. You gotta see he was decapitated. <laughs> How am I supposed to bring him back? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, speak- it was like it was like it was like Kevin Klein and Sally Field used to be like the hot thing on this soap opera, and at some point they had a falling out, and so she basically forced it to have him kicked off the show. His character was an automobile accident. He was decapitated, and at some point, <laughs> through some machinations by Robert Downey Jr., who's the new head of the show. They have to bring Kevin Klein back. And the Whoopi Goldberg's head writer is like, he doesn't have a head. How am I supposed to bring him back? He doesn't have a head. Speaking, and they come up with, yeah, yeah go ahead. Speaking of which, I, I, I come up to mine, my first Okay. One. So you remember how the first Kingsman movie was like cool and flashy and fun? And, oh, uh, yeah. and then Except they, for the end. And then they, yeah, except yeah. for the end. And then they killed Colin Firth like two thirds of the way through the movie. And it was like, huh, that was interesting. And then the second one was lousy and crappy and no one liked it. And they brought him back after being shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite bit was the way they did it was technologically they figured out a goo that they could wrap someone's head in to stop them from being shot in the head. <laughs> and like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> That's just bad writing. That's no good at all. You know, it's like, so they, basically, if you can get to them in the first five minutes after they've been shot in the head and wrap them in this goo, then their magic head wound will be, will be, they'll be fine. It's like, oh my God. You know, I saw that movie in the theater. 
and I try like, racking my brain. It's like I'm trying. What happened in that movie? And it's like Elton John. Yeah. Uh, was it Julian Moore was the bad? What? Yeah, Julian Moore was like, the bad guy. And at one point, they threw the Mandalorian in a meat grinder. That's right. And it's like, yeah, cause, oh yeah, he turned out to be the bad guy. That's right, which is yeah. too bad because like I kind of like, kind of like that character. Yeah, so. I like Pedro Pascal. It, it was not. It was not good, and I remember that they doubled down on that thing at the end of the first one that sucked and made it even worse. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. But yeah, Colin Fer- or Colin Firth being shot in the head and then wrap- his head wrapped in goo and brought back to life. That was uh, that sucked. What were they yeah. doing? <laughs> so, Steph, do you have any of them with head trauma? <laughs> kind of. Hey, hit us. <laughs> It's not it's not culty or anything, but it's um, you know, you guys know I I love Twenty Four, the TV show Twenty Four. Yes. Thighs of Doom. And, um, <laughs> Thighs of Doom. Thighs of Doom. <laughs> uh, damn it! Um, and uh, there was a character on there named uh, Tony Almeida, played by Carlos Bernard. Okay. And his his hook in the whole show. I mean, I he was like Jack's kind of like tech support <laughs> sort of kind of a cute also character. an agent yeah and um he annoyed me because he always said all right look uh all right look uh before every line he had i don't know it was annoying but anyway uh in like season five or six or something like that he gets shot and the season ends with tony or jack thinking he's dead and then Either the next season or a couple seasons later, he's suddenly back because the guy who shot him purposely missed his vital organs <laughs> and he was whisked away and recovered and then came back as a woo. Guess who's back? You know, and I just I was mad about that. That's I didn't like bad that at all. <laughs> just did they even make a big deal out of it, or did he just show up one day? Yeah, yeah, it was it was no, it was a, a big reveal kind of thing. And 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 then the, and then it was misdirection throughout the whole season. On is Tony good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? You know. Oh, so, man. so that was that, and I I I just didn't like that. So he was shot sorry, a bunch, sorry, and they on purpose missed all the vital organs. Yeah, purposely. <laughs> I like yeah, that. It was, it was Peter Retro- Weller who shot him <laughs> retroactively. No, no, he didn't shoot him anywhere vital. He just he shot him in the in the belly fat. That's it. <laughs> yeah. He may have yeah, he, he may they, have nicked a lung. <laughs> well, you know, they also did that to Jack. They um like faked him getting shot or something or some poison. I don't know. Anyway, he was dead on the floor. Everyone was crying and blah blah blah. And then when everyone left the room, Chloe gave him some shot that revived him so uh, that he could go <laughs> off into the wild blue yonder and hide or something. I don't know. That was annoying too. <laughs> And then, and then it also had. Sorry, twenty four is full of this. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> the very first season, Jack's wife suddenly gets amnesia. No, that's awesome. <laughs> the amnesia trope. So yeah, that was yeah. Twenty four is a good one if you like that sort of thing. When I grow up, I'm gonna get so much amnesia. <laughs> I thought it happened more often than it. Yeah, you know that quicksand, right? Yeah. All right, so next time around the horn, Chad, what is a terrible, terrible resurrection? Okay, well, I, I wouldn't say terrible, but it's like I get to the point where I think they're out of ideas. Um, you know, Hammer Films did those great series of, like, Frankenstein movies and Dracula movies. Yeah. 
and you know they they always like you know, like uh, Baron von Frankenstein and Dracula usually wind up getting getting killed at the end of each movie and then being miraculously somehow resurrected or oops you know he didn't really die you know that kind of thing and um, in the Dracula series you know there were some spectacular resurrections for 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 the Count but one of the absolute worst is uh, Scars of Dracula which is in 1970. And the long and the short of it is, you know, you go, you see the coffin with the dirt and the skeleton uh, bat, a very plastic bat on a wire sort of flops in and sort of pukes blood on the coffin <laughs> and the count resurrects and then away the movie goes. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh man, they're not even trying anymore. <laughs> I don't know, bat. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, I don't know, we'll just, we'll just do that. And so. That one sprang to mind. I like. Okay, there's some really good ones too because I know. Um, I think at the end of uh, uh, the Curse of Frankenstein, the first one, you know, uh, Peter Cushing, the Frankenstein, is going to the guillotine, and it ends with the guillotine falling. And it's like, oh, well, so much for him. But then, like the next one, it starts where he conspired with a couple of the guards, and and they threw another guy in there, and he got his head chopped off, and the Baron escaped. You know, so it's like, okay, some thought went into that. Yeah, but now we're now we're down to like, oh, here's a bat. He's gonna he's gonna puke some blood, and there you go. And so it's like, oh, dude. <laughs> like I said, Hammer in the '70s was kind of out of gas. And yeah, it's kind of sad, yeah. kind of a sad end to kind of a storied franchise. And so, it's too so bad you, you don't have video. Steph just uh, put herself in diagonal alley. No. <laughs> well, I, I can, I can see you guys. You guys just can't see me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. In that case, if we're doing virtu virtual backgrounds there, there's a monkey playing an organ grinder with a guy with a mustache. Great for the audio medium, right? <laughs> well, I don't have any clothes on, so there. Hey. Uh, did welcome. you see the did you see the one of the guy who put a background of him walking into his office behind him and going, Oh no <laughs> and then leaving as he's I talking I did. Um, it was it was great. It was great. All right. Uh, I like that. So, all right, I'm going to do my second one, which is Dr. Fibes Rides Again. Okay. So, to recap, at the end of The Abominable Dr. Fibes, uh, you have uh, Vincent Price, who is the uh, the clockwork killer, basically makes a bunch of clockwork things, and then a bunch of uh, Rube Goldberg-type machines that kill his enemies and uh, the people who were responsible for the death of his wife. And he uh, his final clockwork machine embalms him. So, uh, takes out all his blood, puts in embalming fluid, so when the police find him, he's complete, you know, he's dead and ready for burial. All his blood is gone. Showed. Going down the drain. And then in Dr. Fibes, they're like, eh, he's alive. <laughs> that, that's really about they, as, as much thought as they, they like. Don't they suck the formaldehyde out and put the blood back in, if I'm remembering this right? Is oh, that how it happens? God, yeah, I think that might have been part so. of it. I think so. But, I can't... I can't Maybe I just remember them glossing over it super quick. Like it's, it's like, okay. okay, let's get this done in like 32 seconds and then just get back to him doing things. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, we, yeah, cause I guess it was another one of his clockwork machines, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think so. Cause like the first one is like him and his wife going back in. Oh God. I think is that the second one or the first one? I don't remember. They're all blending together, man. Don't get old. Nothing works, everything <laughs> hurts, and your memory goes to poop. It's that simple. The second one ends with him doing the over the rainbow. Right! He's on the river. Yeah, he's, he's on the river. In, oh, that's right. That's in Egypt. That's right. <laughs> Those movies are wacky, but I just... Uh, they are. I just really <laughs> like... Completely the, 
Yeah, I just really like the finality of an on-screen embalming. And then at the end, they're like, yeah, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. And that movie sucked. You know, I hate to say it, but like F- Dr. Fibes rides again, rides again is no good. Abominable Dr. Fibes is fantastic. It's one of the best B movies ever made. Uh, Dr. Fibes rides again is just no, no bueno as my kids. There's say, so. uh, some great kills in it, but yeah, it's not, it's not the best. It's, it's, that's at that point where they were trying to usher Vincent Price out yep. and get Robert Quarry in as their new, new bad, bad guy. And it just was not working. And the only thing I remember about the second one is the guy getting pulped in the apple press. That's I do what remember, I remember that. That was that cool. was good. Yeah. That was cool. So, that's my second. Uh, Steph, where are you? Um, I'm gonna be a little bit surprising Ooh. and say, <clears throat> as much as I love it, Sherlock's Resurrection on BBC Ooh. Sherlock. Controversial. The big cliffhanger. And season two was him, you know, falling off the building and right. John Watson just having a freaking cow on the sidewalk and, and everything. And then we had to wait two years <laughs> um, for season three. We did. And, well, I did. Well, I, I knew you at that point. You were you were waiting uh, intensely. There were all sorts of online chatter about what was going on. There were, th- yeah, there were I, theories with diagrams, I remember, and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many theories, so many theories, so many fan fictions. It was great. <laughs> but um, I, I had discovered Sherlock in like the second season. So I had two seasons to catch up on. And then I had to wait two years for <laughs> season three. And the big explanation of how he survived the fall. you know. <laughs> and for my part, I think the explanation that um, Sherlock eventually gave towards the end of the first episode to um, Anderson his co- sort of yeah nemesis i guess um that made sense to me it worked and and but everyone else i'm reading is is saying that it was kind of bullshit and that couldn't have happened and it couldn't have been that precise and blah 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 but i bought it i bought it but i i tend to do that anyways so. did, did i ever put you on to that um <clears throat> episode of a show of a podcast i listened to called dakota ring about the the fandom around sherlock and how oh yeah yeah you told me about it it, yeah the the basic gist was that there were some people who believed that the homosexual subtext was going to become text so hard that that they didn't believe it when it didn't happen like 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 way out there conspiracy things because they couldn't stand being wrong you know yeah and they they harassed the actors on twitter yeah i mean let me tell you it is like five years later and people are still pissed about it in the fandom let me it is is unreal wow <laughs> john Locke is real is what they what they uh-huh. well it's crazy you know once it's out of your i hands, don't believe it yeah it's not it, it, once art is out of the creator's hands it takes on its own life right it, it does, but you still shouldn't harass the like. <laughs> Stephen Moffat had to leave Twitter, you know, and um, if you find and everyone hated a, Amanda Abington for marrying John, you know, and I just like whatever. If you find yourself calling just a hobbit names, John. maybe you're going too far, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do one more time around the horn here, Chad. What else are you uh, thinking when you think of Bad Resurrections? Well, I got. I want to do one like honorable mention here. Ooh, hit, um, yeah, because it's it's kind of the same note a little bit like with the, the Sherlock dying at the end of the season, and I don't. It's I, 
don't even know if this qualifies, but I remember when I in the teenagers now, uh, uh, Dynasty, the TV series. Yes. There was a cliffhanger ending one year. It was known as the Moldavian Massacre. They were having this big wedding ceremony, and at some point, these terrorists all break into the windows. Uzi's blaring, blazing. Everybody's getting shot, and at the, the last shot of the season is an aerial shot of the church, and everybody's on the ground, and it's like everybody's dead, right? And so you wait the whole six months or whatever for the next season to start. That's this wild. is how TV yeah. used to work, yeah, people. Yeah. And it comes back, and it's like they're outside the church, and basically everybody comes out, and nobody's dead. And it's like, oh, the ambassador died. And it's like, who the hell's the ambassador, you know? And, and like everybody's fine. And so, anyway, but that's neither here nor there. I, wow. got, I, got, I, got, I got that in my scratch notes. and uh, But, no, my third pick is, I, I love this, but it's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> King Kong lives. How did uh, they resurrect King Kong? He, he survived the fall off the World Trade Center, <laughs> and they have to do open-heart surgery on him. I remember that. <laughs> you remember right. this now? Yes, because okay. they were in the gowns, and there was just a ridiculous amount of blood. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. And the thing is, it's like, okay, it, you know, it's like if the bullets didn't kill him. I'm pretty sure the fall off the Empire State Building probably killed him. And it's one of these things, it's, it would not only kill him, it would have liquefied him. <laughs> so you think about it, or the broken bones and everything. It's like, can you imagine like, trying to get this gorilla into traction? <laughs> you know, to set the bones and get that all back together, let alone replace his heart. And it's like, just like, it, and and then you, you they do the surgery and it's like these they bring in the giant scissors and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's like it is so gloriously bad it makes that movie is just gloriously stupid and I love it but that whole conceit of no he he you know he was in one piece when after he got shot to pieces and fell eighty stories to his death and uh, and we kept him in isolation for this long in secret. <laughs> what <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis you magnificent bastard yep <laughs> so so yeah that was my third one so. I, I remember that because I remember seeing it like on you know the Saturday afternoon movie or something yeah. and just seeing surgery and used to watching MASH you know yeah. where there was like a little bit bit of blood on the uh, on the surgeons and just like that times a hundred you know yeah. it's like oh my god what's going on you know I'm like six or seven years old and not quite sure what I'm watching just you know wow look at all the blood on them you know I don't remember I saw that in a the theater a lot <laughs> <laughs> and laughed I'm yeah, sorry side the what I'm not Does familiar he... with the words you're saying. Because the world needed a, a rom com Kong versus Rednecks movie. That's the only <laughs> excuse for that movie. Oh my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm gonna go beasts for my last one too, and I'm gonna say Jaws Four. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, it spawned, and I know I've said this before, but it, it really is witty in my mind. It spawned the Roger Ebert line, what shark wouldn't want revenge over the family that killed it? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great line, but you know, the, and that's exactly what happened. It's like they blew it up in the last one, and then they're like, "Oh, there it is," and really didn't bother to explain or to really worry about it. And that's not the dumbest thing in that movie. There, there's a whole excise plot to that film. It was supposed to be some kind of voodoo cursed, <laughs> where uh, Michael down in the Bahamas pissed off some some uh, uh, voodoo priest. And he put a curse on the family, and so the shark is possessed 
to murder all the Brodies. But of course they cut that all out. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense. And so it follows them, you know, all around and everything. And it's like, it's never really clear who's taking the revenge Yeah. or or Elaine Brody's psychic link with the shark because she can see what the shark did. Well, that's what they left in. And that's just one of six things that didn't make any sense is the fact that she's psychically connected to the shark that should be dead. Yeah. And that's, yeah, there's a franchise kill for you. And it's like that, because that movie, that, that movie is an episode unto itself. You know, I could go on for that movie because I, I wrote it up a couple of years ago for, uh, we did a, we did a thing where we had like five groups and one did Jaws, one did Jaws two, three and four. Oh, and God. I got, I drew, I drew Jaws four. You drew the short, and, short, short stick. Right. Right. And so, yeah, you get into the, you get into the history of it and it's like, boy, this is what a colossal stupid way. Well, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> so, Steven Spielberg. No, wait, that's yeah, not right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was uh, the head of Universal who wanted a uh, starring vehicle for his wife, Elaine Gary, long and the short of it. And so, <laughs> so there you go. That's You're welcome. Insane. <laughs> yeah, that movie, that movie is just a, a bad, but you know, Michael Caine uh, got a paycheck. So there you go. Yeah. Or no, my favorite thing about that movie too, not to dwell on it or anything, but how the ending was so bad, they tried to fix it and made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the shark no, no, roars. What if we do this? <laughs> the shark has no lungs and the shark roars. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's can a worm's jaws four then and we'll come back to okay. that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm up for it. Yeah, I have it all loaded to you guys. It's great. It is. So all right, Steph, what's your last one? I don't have one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, had, oh. I had two. Okay, well, because I, I stole one. Sorry about that. So, well, here's one, you know. Yeah, hit us this with is sort of the mention. This is sort of the catch-all answer for the dumbest resurrection ever. Uh, Bobby Ewing. It was oh, all yeah. Pam's dream. He never died. Yep. And that's and um, and not only did that totally foobar Dallas, it kind of also totally foobarred his sister show, Knott's Landing, because... Bobby's death sort of had some serious ramifications in that show too, because it was one of his brothers was in that show. That's no good. And again, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> who thought that worked? Yeah. Yeah. I had a dream. I thought you were dead. Like, oh my God. Really? Someone's running the script pages saying, no, no, the contract negotiations came through. It's like, what do you oh, mean? Oh no. Oh, yeah, no, I got it. No, no, here. Okay, Mike, you read The Punisher, right? Yes, I read The Punisher. This a might lot be as the kid. this might because Frank's been resurrected a lot too. Are you gonna which but, one are you gonna go with? Because I can think of two. <laughs> okay, because I'm I'm gonna go the the dumbest I thought was Frank and Castle. Yeah, well, you were you were you still reading for that? Yes. Or they sort of turn him into a Frankenstein monster? Yes. Either that one or the one where they turned him into a black man and sent him to prison. Oh, God. Or the one where he was an angel for a while. An avenging angel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were Poor all Frank. bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know what? And on that note, I think we're going to cut to the guitar noise. If you want to talk resurrections, we'd love to hear which ones uh, uh, really hurt your head. Because, man, does my head hurt. Uh, we're going to reset the Zoom meeting, and uh, we will be back real soon. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal 
providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, and we're back. So we're going to hit you with some recommendations, some things we've been watching and reading and paying attention to this this two-week period or so. So uh, anyone want to get us started? I'll go. Okay. What do you got? Um, it's it's something that, you know, we've talked about a lot before, but just I want to just say that as of this recording tonight, April 14th, What We Do in the Shadows Season 2. Oh, I cannot uh, wait. tomorrow night. Ooh. It's the What 15th. We Do in the Shadows Eve, yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> I ran across some, some interviews with, <laughs> I ran across some interviews with that cast back when the first season was coming out where there were interviews you can watch where they all deliberately shun the actor playing Guillermo. <laughs> so he'll be talking and they're all rolling their eyes and then uh, they ask a question and Guillermo's like, not you, Guillermo. <laughs> <It's the best. laughs> Have either of you been able to see or heard anything about the paranormal detective show that's based on those cops that were in the movie What We Do in the Shadows? Oh yeah, uh-huh. what were they going to call that? I heard about that, but I haven't seen anything about it. It's it's oh. it's airing in New Zealand, but I didn't know if there was any way to get it here and check it out. So I really want to see it. Yeah, all of those tops. <laughs> I would watch that immediately. No, I think that yeah. that's another can of worms. I think when it comes back, and maybe when the season's over, we do a whole show on that because my love for that show is is fierce. I I, I adore that show. I've actually watched the season more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Which is rare for me, so. Okay. Yeah. So much, so much so that I followed Matt Berry down the Toast of London rabbit hole for like three episodes before I gave up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, that show's rough. <laughs> I only know him from uh, IT Crowd. Yeah, right. I like IT Crowd. Young Renum. Might be one of the best entrances of a character in TV history. Father. <laughs> Knocks over the casket, gets in a fight. <laughs> oh, I like Matt Berry. What's the one where they put the thing in his pants and they keep shocking? That was so great. That was after he was accused of sexual harassment. Of that's death. right. That's right. <laughs> the Matt Berry moment from the IT crowd we recite to my family all the time is when he opens the door to, drawer of his desk and goes, Oh, look, a gun! <laughs> I wonder if it's loaded. Bang, bang. <laughs> It's the best. So, all right. Well, chat. I've been watching uh, um, McMillions. Have you watched or heard of this chatter stuff? No. Okay. Documentary. Yep. It's a documentary you can watch on Hulu. And uh, it was an HBO thing originally, but it's a documentary about the mob's uh, third most profitable enterprise ever. Like it's bootlegging and then Las Vegas and then this. And basically what it was is the mob found a way to hack McDonald's uh, Monopoly game. That thing where you peel off the pieces off the side of your drink. Oh, I read an article on this. Okay. Yes. Keep going. And uh, it's a six-part documentary series. It is uh, uh, kind of a masterclass. Steph, you said uh, off, off mic you're re-watching The Sopranos? 
It reminds yeah. it reminds me a lot of The Sopranos because the way they got these people to come in and take the money and then they bled them and it just oh it's just it's fascinating. And it's also got a whole bunch of, of kind of rich characters, including a smart-ass FBI agent who, like, is the, the Dwight Schrute of FBI. He wants to go undercover all the time, but he's not trained for it. So, you know, it's like, no, you, you haven't gone to that school. No, man, I'm going undercover. I'm going to do it, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But it's fascinating, and it's a quick watch. It's like six episodes, and uh, uh, it's free on HBO. It's a part of HBO's free content because they uh, they – dumped a bunch of their older shows in response to COVID-19 and all that uh, to give people something to watch. And man, we burned through that. It was very good. So nice. nice. I enjoyed it. McMillions and it's on Hulu now. So if you have Hulu, you can actually watch it on your TV instead of your tablet. Okay. <clears throat> Chad, what do you got? Oh, is it my turn? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Mm. I got through the first season of uh, project blue book which is an FX series. It's based on the exploits of uh, Dr. Alan J. Hynek, who was hired on by the Air Force back in the late 40s and the 50s, was sort of their first effort to explore, you know, mass UFO sightings and, and everything. And it's everything that I loved about the X-Files, but it's also everything that I hated about the X-Files. Because it can't just be about the sighting of the week, exploring this, exploring that, rational explanations or we don't know what the hell this is. And so it's, it's, uh, there's a, and there's like this co- more, right. Oh. And there's a, there's a co-plot with, uh, a Russian spice, uh, seducing his wife and she's a lady. And, um, <laughs> it's just, it, and, and it's, there's this, like right from the drop of the hat, the vast government conspiracy to cover this up. So it's like, we can't even focus just on the, on the separate sightings. It just can't be a monster of the week thing. And it's like, Oh man, really? And so I sort of finished the first season. There's a second season, but I don't know if I'll get to it or not, maybe. And then the second one... Um, is, any, right, is, is anyone this is, good in it? Anyone I would have heard of? Or? Um, no, one of the dudes was in Game of Thrones. Uh, Neil McDonough is the bad general, and he's always fun to watch. Yeah, I like um, Neil McDonough. My wife's re-watching Justified, and he was the villain in right. season three. Yeah, and like I said, parts of it is like I really enjoy, because it's like, as a UFO cryptid nut, it's like, oh, I know this case. I know this case, too. And it's like, oh, the Hopkinsville Goblins. We're gonna talk about that, yeah, you know. And you really get into it, but then it's just then it gets into this other crap, and it's like, I don't care. Get back <laughs> to the other thing. And so, and then my second one, um, this is barely new. It's on Shutter. It's called Cursed Films, Ooh. where it's like each episode kind of goes through certain films that are allegedly have a curse on them. It starts. The first one was The Exorcist, and that was pretty good. Also, you know, it it's like a documentary Inge- series. Right, it's a doc, and uh, it was pretty good. You know, we're talking about you know accidents on set, you know, strange coincidences and things like that. And then the second one was on Poltergeist, where there's sort of a death curse on it because you know um, the one gal got murdered and the other gal got sick and died filming the third one, the little girl. And um, and I like the this greatest thing at the end of it. It was the guy because like they were the thing was they used real skeletons in the pool, so everybody thinks that's part of the thing and oh, like man. they talked to the production they talked to the production designer and he was like this is a bunch of bullshit you know and it's like <laughs> this has nothing to do with you know Anthony, this gal was murdered this other one had a bowel obstruction this has fuck all to do yeah, with yeah. with skeletons in the pool and then the third one was on the omen and that sort of started out the same way but then it's like halfway through it it like abandons talking about the movie and starts talking about the devil and evil with these basic cable 
devil worshiping people and warlocks and witches. And it's just, and it's like tap, I'm out, I'm out. Nope, I'm done. And you know, the whole the time, like Richard Donner's cackling. It's like, eh, what a bunch of. It's the same thing. It's like, eh, it's a bunch of horseshit. We were fine. You know, it's just all coincidence and everything. You know, and it's just, uh, but there's no such thing as coincidence. It's like, shut yeah. the hell up. You know. And then, uh, and then, lastly, this is. <laughs> A uh, film called Tomahawk. This is an old western from 1950. So okay. Van Heflin and Von Carlo. It's the usual western nonsense, but there is a scene, and I was watching it, and it's the big buffalo hunt with the Indians. And they're running the buffaloes into this group of trees, and I see something, and it's like, what the hell is that? And I look closer, and I rewind. And I look closer. And is that Bigfoot? And I look closer. It's like, no, it's just some idiot from the crew wandered in the trees in the middle of the shot. <laughs> <laughs> and like you picked the wrong day to wear white buddy stand up like a sore thumb. <laughs> that's awesome okay. it occurs at about the 35 minute mark so knock yourself out i think you can get that for free on amazon right okay now, okay so. quick tangent there was a i, I read um hal needham's documentary i think i mentioned it a few podcasts right. back right stuntman and he was telling a story about how he was shooting a western and there was a scene where they were going to they were looking for stuntmen to take an arrow to the chest. And the way they decided to do this was not use a fake arrow, but use a real arrow and costume it in such a way where they could put like a wooden board up against them, right? Which means someone had right. to someone had to shoot an arrow at him. And they had negotiated a price of a hundred dollars every arrow you took, no matter where you took it. <laughs> okay. So these people are nuts anyway. But then they manufactured a way to get more money out of the uh, out of the producers by having the archer who was going to shoot him sit there and screw up over and over and like almost hit them. And so the stuntman would then run over to them and say, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. You're paying me 200 per arrow. And they're like, sure, sure, just get it done. And then, of course, he hit him every time where he was supposed to. <laughs> so they got they got double their pay because. That was they, always. Yeah. That was also funny stories you hear about, you know, all those movies they made in the Philippines and the Filipino extras. They paid him like a dollar a day, two dollars a day if they did a stunt, five dollars if they'd set themselves on fire. Oh, my God. It's just it's just crazy. And, uh, you know, and OK, yeah. One other thing. I got one other. I yeah, saw yeah. a really great. Do I saw a really great documentary called Making Apes, the artist yeah. who changed films forever. I saw it's your post on this. Yeah. John Chambers and Tom Berman's guys who did the makeup effects for the original Planet of the Apes movies. And it's kind of covers their career, you know, what they did before and how they managed to pull that off, you know, just spectacularly, you know, given the time and circumstances and, you know, then kind of what they did after that. And, you know, they kind of had a falling out, but then they kind of get back together. It's just, it's really good. It's, it was, I, it was a digital, it was like a rental on Amazon, but it was like four bucks to buy it. So I just bought it and I don't regret it. It was great. And it's called so. Making Apes. Making Apes. So if you're Planet of, Fan or Planet of the Apes or just like monster makeup in general, check it out. It's it's pretty cool. Cool. So. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our podcast this week. If you have anything uh, resurrection-wise you would like to run by us, uh, go ahead and, and uh, hit us up on the social medias. And we'll be back in a couple weeks, uh, Lord and Coronavirus willing, right? Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, yeah stay safe. All right. been listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at awoc podcast 
See us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atomicweightofcheese or shoot us an email at atomicweightofcheese at gmail.com. We love your feedback.